Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. As we continue on in a new series we started last week called Interacting Well. Um, This brings out of the series we just did, Developing Well, that, that we were in the Beatitudes about. And having sprung out of there at the end of the Beatitudes, there's some verses from Jesus that talk about being salt and light in the world. And I said that, that the, you know, to me, the way that we do that, it's all about loving God and loving our neighbors and ourselves. And we, we looked at the, the verses last week in Matthew 22, and we'll look at some more this week in Mark about that, the importance of loving God with our whole uh, heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, and I said what we would do is we'll, we're going to sort of dive into that part, loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then we'll, we'll work in loving your neighbor as yourself. And we'll, we'll look at some messages about that in this series. And so last week we talked about loving God with, our, with all our heart. And I, I said, you know, when you read about the heart in the Bible, it's not about the organ that's pumping blood inside your chest. That, that I, I said the heart is sort of the control panel of our lives. It's what motivates us, compels us, moves us, draws us. And, and I said to you last week that we need to make um, our heart love for God our highest love. That, that it needs to be the area of our lives that's without compromise. And then I said, you know, re- remember though, there are a lot of things competing for your highest love. And I asked you to spend last week thinking about, you know, what is it that you turn to um, when you're, when, if you're anxious or if you need comfort or if you're, what do you turn to first and if the answer wasn't God, then, then that's something that's competing for your highest love and something you need to be aware of. Today, I want to talk about loving God with all our soul. Loving God with all our soul. So that's what we're going to be looking at. You know, I like to do a little thing, transition between the intro and the, and the message. So usually it's a bad joke. And, and I thought this would be fitting because it's Super Bowl weekend. Um, what do you call a bunch of millionaires sitting around watching the Super Bowl? The Miami Dolphins. You can insert your team there if they're not in the Super Bowl. But that's a classic. No extra charge for the joke. Scripture reading is here on purpose. Mark 12. 29 through 31. The most important one answered Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And blessed be the word of the Lord. I was just thinking too, we, had a, we did a beach barbecue baptism today. It was so cool. If you were out there today, I hope you had a good time. We baptized 12 uh, today and we were very excited about that. It was a wonderful time at Bay of Honda and, and uh, we, had, we had great worship and it was all good. We're going to do another baptism on the Saturday of Easter weekend. So we'll be out there again in, a, in about eight weeks. If you couldn't make it, we'll be back out there. But that was a wonderful, wonderful day. So if you see some of us wandering around with a little glowy red thing, we were out at Bay of Honda. It was a beautiful day. So what does it mean to love God with all your soul? Again, Mark 12.30 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And we talked about loving God with all our heart last week. What does it mean to love God with all your soul? Well, let's start by trying to define the soul. Point number one in your notes is, is what is 
the soul. What are we talking about? What's the Bible talking about when it, when it talks about your soul? And um, uh, there's some sort of inner, inner, you know, related ideas between soul and spirit, and yet scripturally it's divided too as well, because some people think your soul and your spirit are the same. There's a little difference. I, the soul is, is that part of you that is not physical, um, I'm trying to, you know, to, to sort of come up with something. It's the, it's the part of you that will live eternally even after your physical body experiences death. Um, there's a picture of this in the, in the Old Testament in Genesis 35, um, and I want to read you that verse. Um, and and this, this is as Rachel is, is giving birth to Benjamin, and she actually dies in the midst of childbirth. And in Genesis 35, 18, 19, it says, And it came about as her soul was departing, for she died, that she named him Ben-Oni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrah or Bethlehem. And so we, we get the, the picture there of the soul. Um, uh, you know, she named her son as her soul was departing. And so it demonstrates that the soul is different from the body and that it continues to live after physical death. So, so the soul of you, your soul is that which is not physical. Uh, C.S. Lewis said this about the soul. He said, you don't have a soul, you are a soul. You have a body. That's a pretty good way to look at that. It's, it's, you don't have a, a, a soul, you are a soul, you have a body. And so, you know, in the, in the real dynamic of what's important in life, that's absolutely, you know, how you need to look at that. And so our soul, um, then, is the real us. Um, it's what makes us, us. Matthew 16, 26, Jesus said, you know, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? There, there's nothing in, in the world that, that would, would be greater than, than getting your, your, your uh, eternal existence settled in knowing Jesus because that's what's going to last forever. What would be worth that, that you could exchange it for to sort of, you know, uh, deal with your physical life? It, nothing would ever compare. And so, so that's kind of the idea of soul. It's that which continues on forever. It's that which is not physical. So how do we love God then with all our soul? What, what in the world are we, are we looking at there scripturally? And, and it means that we're to love him from the core of who we really are. How, how do we love him with all our soul? We're to love him from the core of who we really are. Uh, you know, I said last week, we love him from our heart. That's sort of the control pen of our lives. But we're to love him from our inner being. And, and we need to do that in, in not some sort of fake, external, pious way. Um, but point number A under two is, is that we would love him with a real love. We, we need to love him with a real love. And, I, you know, I think that, what, what are you talking about? Isn't it all, you know, what's real love? The, it can't be fake, it can't be pretend, it can't be just something that we manufacture on the outside. And sometimes in life we settle for doing things outwardly. But God wants us to love him from deep inside, from the core of who we are. God is never satisfied with mere externals or with something that can be faked or put on or worked up. That never impresses God and he's never satisfied by it. He wants you to love him from what's going on in here, and, and he, he's, he can absolutely tell the difference between fake and real in the process. And so he, he's not looking, um, see that's why he's not interested in our performance. Um, 
He wants us all in, you know, heart and soul at this point. And, and he, that he's, con, you know, he's concerned about that with us. He wants it to be a genuine love from uh, all that we are inside. There's a conversation that Jesus has with Peter that I think highlights the, the importance of God to, to us being sort of all in in this idea of loving him. And this happens after Peter had, had really sort of messed up and, and kind of failed pretty badly um, in denying Jesus three times, you know, at the end there. And remember, you know, it, it's because it's, it's, Peter said, look, no matter what happens, I'll never, I will never leave you. I, I'm never deny you, ever, ever, never. And Jesus said, yeah, you will. You're going to do it three times tonight. And Peter's like, no way. And then we know from the story that he, he, in fact, does. He denies Jesus three times. In the midst of what's going on, he's fearful and, and uh, you know, scared, frightened, doesn't, doesn't totally get it. And, and that's what happens. He denies Jesus three times. And so this is a conversation that Jesus has after um, he's defeated death and he's, he's back with his guys. Because this is important to Jesus. I love this about this. This, was, this needed to be dealt with. Um, and and so, so Jesus makes sure it gets dealt with. Uh, John 21, 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to me, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Jesus is using this question to have Peter take a deep look uh, inside his own soul so that he will settle once again in his love for Jesus. Peter had denied Jesus three times. Jesus asked the question three times to settle the matter for Peter to, to erase the three denials. You need to know, it wasn't Jesus who needed to hear it. Make sure you get that. It wasn't Jesus who needed to hear Peter's responses. That whole setup, that whole conversation was so that Peter would, would get it right again and get reestablished in, in what needed to take place in his own heart and not be bound up in the fact that he denied him and not let that be what, what sort of, you know, uh, he, he was under for the rest of his life, that, that you know, he denied Jesus. It was, it was fixed here because Jesus asked Peter to take a look deep inside and to make sure he was settled there and to know that's where, where, where he really was coming from. Huge thing that takes place. But it's, it's about loving him with, with all that, that he was, to get back inside of that and get that reestablished. And so we need to love him with a real love, not, not fake, not put on, not just out of performance. In fact, when you read that encounter, um, when Jesus is talking to Peter, he changes the word the last time of love into a more intense personal love. The first couple of times are, are one word that he uses that's maybe more, more of a sort of friend kind of love. That last one is a very deep, much more intimate relationship, more like a brother kind of love. Then he changes the, the tense, you know, the idea and the word there and, and says, look, make sure, because you need to settle this in you. Jesus knew. Jesus knows everything. But he was, he was working with Peter, so Peter would settle it in his heart and mind, just like we need to. We need to love him with, with awe. And so um, this soul love then, in part B, little letter B, is that we love him with our personality. Our personality. I was hunting for a word there, um, 
And, and I sort of settled on, on personality. We, we use it in different ways, but it means to, that we need to love God with our entire inner life. And so, so we need to love Him with everything that we feel, everything that we think, everything that we believe, everything that we want, everything that we choose, everything that we pursue. See, the soul is where we experience life. Our, our joys our sorrows, our peace, our anxieties, they're all part of what makes up our inner life. And, and it's all of the good and the bad and the ugly that's in us. And God wants us to love Him with all of it. And, and so, you know, this is why I'm such a big fan of the book of Psalms. If you've come here for any length of time, you know I'm always encouraging people to read the Psalms. I, I tell people they should be reading the Psalms every day. wrote a book about it, a devotional book that I put in people's hands all the time. Read the Psalms every day. Um, because uh, to me the the Psalms are a book of the soul and this is a huge part of our lives and and I don't know if you've ever seen it but sometimes when you read a Psalm you might be a little shocked at the rawness of how the writer is relating to God because they sometimes and, and I know that if you've been doing this they sound really angry were really depressed. Have you ever got that when you read the Psalms? These guys seem just like, just like you know, they, they're questioning, you know, whether or not God is even there. They're mad at And some people think you can't talk like that to God, and yes, you can. In fact, he wants you to, because it's real. The guys are just being real. See, they knew, the writers of the Psalms knew that it was good to be real with God. And so you, you saw them at the midst of everything they were at, when they were uh, angry, when they were depressed, when they were sad, when they were happy. Um, all these things were, were something that they came to God with and, and that were recorded for us in the Psalms so we could get that this is how we're to relate to God. He wants us to come with everything. Some, somewhere along the line, we thought we need to get it all cleaned and prettied up before we went to hang out with God. I can't hang out with God. I'm a mess right now. And he's like, yeah, that's exactly when you're supposed to hang out with, hang out with God, with, with all that we are, um, all the things that we actually experience, even, you know, even as believers, that's what we come to him with. Listen to this psalm, Psalm 63, 1 through 8. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings you your right hand upholds me these these verses they express a love for God that's real and and passionate it's an expression of the soul so so we're we're to love him with all our personality everything that we are all of it all the you know the stuff that we all of it comes before God and then we're to love him with our emotion as part of this process too. This is another part of our soul, our inner being is, is our emotion. That's point C in your notes. We love him with our emotion. So, so loving God with all our soul, it's a, it's a real love, we talked about, that springs from our personality and includes our emotion. And God does not avoid emotion even though we often try to. 
Uh, and again, we've, we've bought into some stuff that, that seems to think that it's some, and often the church is, is, is guilty of it, that, you know, we're supposed to be like, all the time. And, uh, and, and that, that, that somehow, you know, we all, you, you need to keep your emotion out of it. But that's, that did never, it never came from God. Um, God doesn't avoid emotion. You can read about emotion with, with God in, in the scripture. And emotion is useful let me tell you why. Because it has a way of, of moving us back towards God. See, that's why emotion is, 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 is useful in the process. Um, and that's what happens in the psalm when you're reading it. Like the writers, they're scared, they're angry, they're frustrated. And yet, if you read through the psalm, it ultimately always ends up drawing them back to God. All that stuff that they're struggling with and feeling and all this, you know, the emotion that's pouring out of them. And yet, through it somehow, it, it pushes them back to realize their dependence on God and that He's their only hope. Even when they're joyful and they're happy and they're celebrating, this also, this, this emotion draws them into the presence of God and, and back towards Him. Um, every emotion that we experience in life can be a God thing. Can be. It's not, it's not always, because sometimes we'll, we'll let it go in spots that it shouldn't. But, but the, the thing behind that is that God does not want you to love Him only when things are going well. He wants you to love Him even when life stinks. And it's okay to talk to him about it. See, see, that's the whole deal. Sometimes I, I, somewhere along the line, we got, for a lot of people, we just thought, you know, I, I'm just, uh, you know, life stinks, and so I, I, I can't really, you know, until I get it all worked out, I can't spend time with God or talk to him about it, or certainly don't want to complain about it, or, but he, he says, bring it all to me. This, this loving God with all, that word all, I, I, you know, I said to you when we started, all means all, everything. Everything that we are, not just the part of you that, that's prettied up, the big messy part that's most of us still, he wants that part. He wants the whole deal. See, he's all in. He wants you to be all in in the process. So you all in in the process. It's, it's, it's a total love. It's a love that involves our entire being. Psalm 42, 1 through 11. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude leading the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast? Oh my soul, why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of the Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So when you, when you, when you read a psalm like that, it's a cry of the soul. 
and, and, and it's, it's the cry of the, of the psalmist there who's reaching out to God and he's, he's just wrecked. People are mocking him. He's in a bad spot. He's going to God with it. And then he says, you know, God, but I remember all these other things and how I used to lead people in with great rejoicing and now, and now this, this, this mess is taking place. And, and yet he, he gets, see, I said, he, God works all that stuff back towards us, yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. How cool is it that God wants us to love him with our all and that even includes our mess I, I hope that one point will sink into you because it will free you in so many ways God wants you to love him with your all with, with all the things and, and all the areas that the spirit of God has already worked in but all those areas that still need to be worked in God wants you to come like that see this is an all in thing all your heart, all your soul all your mind, all your strength will look at him. All your heart, all your soul, all in. And, and some days it's, God, I'm, I'm a mess right now. I've been running at, at, at top speed. Nothing is being accomplished. Everything seems to not work. You, you know those days when, when you, anybody here ever have one of those days when, when everything that you seem to put your hand to blows up in your face? You ever have those days? And, and you, and you, and, and you, yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's completely okay to go, what? And it's not him. It's not his fault. The world's broken. So the planet's, you know, planet's a broken mess. It's the, nothing. It's, but but and even in the process of getting frustrated, um, th- that's what you go to God with. You don't wait until you have it figured out and then go, okay, good. I'm good again. You, you, in your frustration, because what he'll do is help you get back to where you need to be. He'll let you... Do, do, you, do you understand the concept God loves you so much that he is so safe with you in this, in this regard that, that he loves you enough that you can be angry with him? Have you ever even considered that? Do you take that in? He's okay. Do you, do you have people, you have people that in your life, don't you, that love you so much that you can get angry with them and you know they're safe and they're not going anywhere? And so, you know, sometimes you just, I, I hope you have, I, th- I think we need that. Certainly not everybody because, you know, some people don't care about us and if we're angry with them, they just go, Bleh. But so, sometimes we, we hopefully we got somebody safe enough that we can be a little angry with that's going to say, okay, well, all right, it'll be okay. And, and, and God loves you God, and wants you like that. Come on in. He gets it. That's, you know, Jesus gets it. He, he experienced everything when he was here. He gets it. And, and so you have to hold that in context because we'll never really understand this loving him with everything if we don't balance all these things in. If you don't take all this in, you won't, you'll never love him with your all and you won't get it. And it'll impact the way you love others and love yourself. So it's an all-in sort of thing. All our heart, all that control panel stuff, and now all our soul, the inner being, who we really are. What, what we are, you know, in, in the, the real us. He wants us to love him with all of that. So think about those things this week. And next week we're going to talk about loving God with all our mind. Adding another component to the, to the whole big mix. But that's what we'll do next week. But that's enough for this week. If you're watching on television or by video, thank you for spending time with us. I know how valuable your time is. I appreciate you spending these moments with us. If you're ever in Big Pine, come and visit. We're, we're here like all the time. And we'd love to have you. The times are on the website. If you need prayer, go to the, go to the website at keysvineyard.com. There's a prayer page. Just type it in and we'll be praying for you. Or you can call us if you need us to. Okay? 
So thanks for watching, and uh, we'll see you guys soon.